Hello, Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, as well as your smart speaker. Hit us up anytime you want on the call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Ten minutes from Tom Brady. Almost became a Raider. Once he's in Bill Belichick, the divorce papers, that comes your way in about 10 minutes. And maybe Sam Darnold, Courtney, is they about divorce papers now as the Carolina Panthers quarterback because he is no longer old number one. Bacon Mayfield officially named the starting quarterback. And when it comes to that team, it wasn't too long ago that he had shoulder surgery, shoulder surgery, excuse me, in January after playing 12 games with Cleveland. Now he has a chance to prove if the Browns were right or if the Browns were wrong deciding to move on from him and bring it to Sean Watson, even though Deshaun Watson will not be available the first 11 games in 2022. That, of course, was what I was looking at the day that he got traded to Carolina, that the rematch and that the revenge mm-hmm. game was lined up perfectly. So, you know, using that very hollow logic, that was like what <laughs> I was thinking. Okay, totally, he's going to be the week one starter. But then you parse through that even further and realize the shortcomings that you had with Sam Darnold last season when he went 4-7 and seven as a starter and just the limitations of his game and whether the Jets broke him, whether he was partially broken coming out of USC and all of those fatal flaws continuing on and not getting fixed in Carolina, even though they had the guru Joel Brady for a time. Right. Like, the writing's been on the wall that Sam Darnold's time was ticking and that the Panthers made a mistake in immediately picking up that fifth-year option. And the amount that they're paying of Baker Mayfield's contract is not a lot. Like, remember, Cleveland's still on the hook for $10.5 million of that 18.8 fully guaranteed fifth-year option. And Baker obviously, like, took a pay cut. Panthers are paying, like, three and a half, and then he can get some of that back via incentives. I just think that all the signs logically pointed to this happening before Mm -hmm. the official ruling was made today. And there were skeptics out there, myself, one of them being like, how is he going to win over this locker room? Considering I know Robbie Anderson like walked it back and said, oh, no, I was just joking and stuff. I was just supporting my guy. Um, (laughs) But it feels like what we've heard out of Panthers camp and what we've seen so far, and it hasn't been perfect, but – it feels like it's enough for them mm, to true. buy into Baker Mayfield as their best chance. Might not be the greatest chance, considering this team is not built to contend right now, but it gives them their best chance to get further down the line and getting there. I firmly believe Baker Mayfield is playing for his career, and not just as a Carolina Panther, but as a starting quarterback in the National Football League, because whatever went on last year in Cleveland, it seemed that a lot of people inside that organization could not wait to move on from him. Oh, when things got really, really tough, it seemed that he would walk into the room and everybody just all of a sudden looked at their lunch and didn't look up at him. They didn't want to be bothered. (laughs) This is a chance for him to resurrect not just his career, but also his reputation. Because as many people who want to be on the side of Baker Mayfield or who were on the side of Baker Mayfield, boy, they left him alone on that line when things went south in Cleveland last year. He has a chance that if he rallies this team, let's say for argument's sake, they go nine and eight. They get closer to the playoffs. He'll be around a lot longer than Matt Rule. From my from from my from from where I'm standing, he has to get this team not in the playoffs, but pretty darn close where he can have his job. Baker Mayfield has a chance to be there a lot longer than Matt Rule. But if he's able to play extremely well, all of a sudden there will won't be as many questions about Baker Mayfield 
can he be a franchise quarterback again? When plenty of those same questions were there before Cleveland drafted him, and then when things went south last year involving him and the Browns. And fortunately for Baker Mayfield, like Sam Darnold was theoretically in that same situation when he got traded from the Jets and they picked up his fifth-year option. But because they lost in the fashion that they did last year after starting out 3-0, and which was totally inflated and we all knew this was going to happen, now Matt Rule's officially on the hottest of hot seats. So regardless, like – it doesn't matter what happens with the head coaches here. Like if you're Baker Mayfield and you win above where they are expected to be, and the mm-hmm. only person whose expectations in that matter are are the owner, Dave Teppers, you're around a lot longer than the head coach. It's not like you're tied to like, man, I got to really perform this year to make sure that this team is able to retain its head coach. Like Baker Mayfield is set. If he ends up bouncing back this year, Mm -hmm. helping take this team out of the basement where it's been at truly since the end of the Ron Rivera, Cam Newton era, the first era, not the one last year. Right. That um, was no era. That was more error than era. (laughs) That is a good one, Freddie. Um, That's his leash on life. His leash on the NFL gets a lot longer at that point. Baker Mayfield does have a lot to lose because this is his last chance to be a starting quarterback, as we just saw Mm -hmm. with the guy taking two picks later than him by the New York Jets initially. That was Sam Darnold. This is Baker Mayfield's chance to prove. I deserve that second contract, that second really big contract that I was looking for that he was hoping to get last offseason and did not. Courtney Cronin and Freddie coming in for the guys on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, x Channel 80, as well as your smart speakers. Here's something else that jumped out to me when you said when it comes to Baker Mayfield and playing for his career, playing for a new contract, whatever that's going to be with him. It's amazing how more than ever before, teams are not going to keep mistakes in the building, Mm -hmm. especially the quarterback position. If you prove you can play, they will keep you. If you prove that guys will rally around you, they will keep you. But if they believe that it's not going to be the case, they're not giving guys one more year to do that. Baker Mayfield honestly believe he should have gotten one more year in Cleveland. And I'm not going to say that he's wrong. I firmly believe that, hey, for all the people that quit on him, he didn't quit on you guys in Cleveland, even though you guys completely mailed it in on him uh, with the Cleveland Browns last year. I can't wait to see how he's able to manufacture that reputation and get that back because if he's able to do that, because the Panthers want him to succeed. The Panthers clearly wanted him to say, you're the number one guy. What about Sam Donald? Who? That's how they responded, by bringing him in. Because how poorly would that have looked if Baker Mayfield can't win the job? From Sam Darnold. From Sam Darnold after they pulled off this trade. And yes, Mm -hmm. I understand they're not on the hook for all of his salary this year, but it was still a big trade. That happened, yep. you know, in, in, in the middle of, you know, the off season where this is somebody who had a lot going on around him, some of which he was responsible for, but a lot of which he was not, including being trashed by Cleveland on his way out of there. So I just I they needed this to work. They needed mm-hmm. this to succeed. And if you if you like to believe that they already knew that he was going to be their starting quarterback ahead of when they just announced it today. I would side with you on that right. because I didn't see any other way that this would work out if if it didn't turn into an utter failure, which an utter failure would be Sam Darnold wins this job over the guy that you just traded for, the guy who was the former number one overall pick in that same draft. If you're Baker Mayfield, and I don't have to tell him anything, I'm not his daddy, I'm not his wife, but he clearly knows his NFL career is on the line. If he's not able, after beating out Sam Darnold, let's be honest, given the job, they said, Baker, don't screw this up. This will be your job. And he was able to make that work. If he's able to go out there and he looks terrific 
and the Cleveland Browns have a blow up in their face to Sean Watson, then he's saving his career. If he can't be that guy, then there's going to be two guys or two top three picks that'll be backup quarterbacks the rest of the time in the National Football League. And nobody thought that when Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield were drafted in that same draft not too long ago. Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman at Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're a renter, make sure you're protected. Do that with renter's insurance that includes options that cover stolen property, personal injury, and living expenses if your place is damaged. Quote renter's insurance at progressive.com. Hit us up on the call on line anytime you want at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. There was one person who stopped Tom Brady from closing out his career with a Vegas residency. Here's a hint. It wasn't Michael Buffer. That's next on Canty and Carlin, and this is ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The dirt when it comes to what happened in a preseason game involving a top draft pick that comes in 30 minutes here on Canty and Carlin with Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as your smart speakers. And speaking of dirt, Saturday just will be a nice UFC 278 with the whole Gronkowski family. Michael Lee's hosting it from ESPN Sports Center. They bring in Dana White, UFC president on Rob Gronkowski. It was just supposed to be a celebration and hanging out with the Gronks. Then Dana White dropped this bomb about, hey, I was the one that almost brought Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to the Raiders, but... I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. And it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him. And all hell broke loose, man. (laughs) It was crazy. And Brady was already looking at houses, and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Las Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk the year that the Bucs won the Super Bowl, except Gruden blew the deal up. There's so much story that goes along with this behind the scenes. I was never going to tell that story till Gronk just said it. We went from Woj bombs to Dana bombs on Saturday involving this because can you imagine, Courtney, you're John Gruden and you hear that being dimed out on you. He probably turned and went, what? If I didn't have enough problems with the NFL, I might have responded to that, that I was the one that stopped Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, according to Dana White, UFC president from joining the Raiders. Can someone explain to me what Dana White's affiliation is with the Las Vegas Raiders? Like how he would have been able to broker. Now that's a question we need answered. I don't, I've been Googling and I can't find out Dana White, John Gruden, Dana White, Tom Brady. And it's just that the results that come up are what was revealed during UFC 278 on the Gronk cast. But it's, 
I don't understand like this sort of flex because clearly mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski agreed to it and gave it credence because he said like yeah that was that absolutely was going to happen. What is Dana White's like? What is his affiliation with the NFL? What's his affiliation uh-huh. with the Raiders? What sort of power does he have? Does he have a relationship with Mark Davis? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really weird to me that a name that you don't often hear associated with the NFL is allegedly brokering deals to get the greatest quarterback of this generation into the Raiders organization. And then, oh, by the way, Gronk, you come too. We're going to package this thing, and maybe the Raiders would have been the ones to win the Super Bowl in 2020. Well, Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, told the Las Vegas Review-Journal when he heard about this, he said, and I quote, I heard about White's comments. That was what, two to three years ago or something? I don't know, man. Talk to Dana. I remember Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. That's basically what I remember. I have no idea. Dana has the stories, end quote. What are you talking about? Either it happened or it didn't happen. Well, Either he yeah, tried he to did not deny or, it right, right there. Exactly. That's the problem. Like, he could have been. He could have shut it down and be like, that, that absolutely did not happen. But he I don't didn't. Know He's like, he, if you believe the fable, I read the fable. I don't know if I believe the fable, but you can believe the fable. Like, what are you doing, Mark Davis? And if Mark Davis really wanted that to happen – he overrides the head coach mm-hmm. oh, 10 out of 10 times. Right. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just wasn't brought into it and they were going to surprise him at the end and be like, look, we got Tom Brady and we have Gronk coming back. Get rid of Derek Carr right now. <laughs> I don't, I, I just, the whole I, thing is so bizarre. And it really is at a time where the NFL is like trying to crack down on tampering after the incident between the Miami Dolphins, Sean Payton, and Tom Brady ahead of the 2020 season. Like, it seemed like everybody was trying to do this Mm -hmm. to get Tom Brady to come to their organization. And what we don't know is the exact timing. Was he still under contract with the the New England Patriots? Because then that's tampering, as we found out with the – with the Miami Dolphins as to why that was tampering. Now, would this technically be tampering? We don't know the exact date yet that these negotiations are going on. We also do know, though, at least I think it's pretty well known, Dana White is not an NFLPA certified agent. So <laughs> last me. I checked in the memo that came out last Monday that – Non-NFLPA certified agents are not supposed to be talking to other teams on behalf of a player (laughs) under contract with another team. So, like, why is the NFL not up in arms over this the way that they were about the Roquan Smith thing last week when he had a non-NFLPA certified agent reaching out to teams on his behalf trying to get him traded? Like, we all know Tom Brady hit free agency in 20, Mm -hmm. so maybe it could have come then. I don't know. I just Why is Dana White getting involved in in, in NFL business? Does he not have enough to worry about in his octagon and UFC? Here's my answer to that. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Cohen, and Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio. I'll give you one reason why Dana White is Dana White. Because Tom Brady, the Bucks quarterback, he understands promotion. When he was on the shop, he even talked about, not with this story, but in terms of teams out there that decide to choose that person, at quarterback, over Tom Brady, and Tom Brady team being Tom Brady said. One of the teams, and they weren't interested at the very end. I was thinking, you're sticking with that mother. <laughs> now, we don't know if he was talking about Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, anybody else. Who knows? But more than ever before, ever since Tom Brady has left the New England Patriots, he understands promotion. He understands branding. What did Dana White do on Saturday? Promote and brand doing a UFC event involving former NFL player Rob Gronkowski and his Gronkowski family. Dana White was not just going to go up there and glad hand. That's not what he does. Dana White's ego is so massive 
that he can put something out there like this and it became a major talking point because people are probably thinking, well, how close did Tom Brady come to being a member of the Las Vegas Raiders? Because the minute that Tom Brady talks this week, Courtney, if there's not one report out there asking him about this, then what are we doing? Even if he says no comment or says nothing, find out from Tom Brady by looking in his face, all right, how, how much of Dana White is telling too? Because Gronkowski did not deny it. And then Mark Davis didn't even double down the other way on it. So at that point, you got to go to the source. Hey, Tom, Dana said this. Gronk said that. Mark Davis said that. Where's the truth? And have some fun with it because Dana White understands branding. And Lord knows Tom Brady's understood that whole thing ever since he decided to divorce the Patriots. I mean, he does this, Dana White, that is, during a UFC event talking about the NFL. What are we talking about today? Mm -hmm. UFC President Dana White. We're talking about the sport. It's Uh name recognition. Uh It's brand recognition. Uh If this was done just on... I don't know. Like if this was done on like the regular UFC, like just like the broadcast that has Joe Rogan right. and, and all those guys. No traction. I don't know if it takes uh, it up a notch because he had Gronk associated with this, and Gronk was the one going back and forth with Dana White, giving validity to what his claims were about brokering this deal. So I find it so interesting. And you're right; he's a master promoter. He's a master marketer. You have to be in the in the combat sports boxing yeah. arena. You have to be because those are niche sports. Mm-hmm. And he's done a tremendous job promoting his brand. He's a billionaire. And 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 for good reason. But the NFL, I don't I just I'm so surprised that the NFL hasn't tried to get to the bottom of this a little bit more unless they were like unless they knew about it or unless they are saying, "Hey, there's nothing we can do here as far as tampering because it was very clear in the memo that was sent out last week regarding the Roquan Smith thing that the NFL PA and the management council are peeved right now about tampering. And there was some very harsh language in there about what tampering is and make sure you don't do it because of what happened previously with Tom Brady and the Miami Dolphins. They don't want this just to become a free-for-all that when a player's either nearing the end of his contract, unhappy with his contract, about to become a free agent, what have you, that any and everyone is reaching out to teams trying to foster deals. Like, that completely takes away the process that the NFL is so used to working in. And I would think that if you're the NFL, you're looking into this kind of heavily being like, all right, was how legit was this? And how can we prevent something like this from happening again? Because honestly, it makes the NFL look really bad right now that they didn't know about this or at least that they didn't do anything to stop it from happening. I really want to know how Josh McDaniels feels in all this because he's now the coach of the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. He could have had Tom Brady this upcoming season. He's hearing Dana Wayne. He's like, uh-huh. oh, man, now I'm stuck with this head Exactly. Poor, De- poor Derek Carr can't win. Derek Carr's, wait a minute, what did I do? And I, <laughs> to your point about like, who is Tom Brady talking about in that notorious yep. clip, I still tend to think, after mm. doing some research, that it was Jimmy Garoppolo because— What research? Google. Because <laughs> okay. like, and putting research? In, connecting some dots together because, remember, he was a free agent after the 19th season. Garoppolo uh-huh. was the quarterback on the 49ers that season when they went to the Super Bowl. Okay. And it didn't make any sense for the 49ers just to give up on Jimmy Garoppolo completely, even though Tom Brady is from San Mateo. Yeah. And it talked about wanting to play for the 49ers, growing up a 49ers fan. Uh-huh. And the fact that they stuck with Garoppolo – 
That's the only one that makes sense to me. Okay. Not not anything other than, you know, it's like Tua wasn't even there yet no, at that wasn't. point. So the yeah. Dolphins are completely out of it. Could it potentially have been about somebody else, like the Chargers moving on from Phillip Rivers? They haven't even drafted mm. uh, Justin Herbert at that time. So to me, yeah. it's the only thing there is that it was Jimmy Garoppolo. Branding, branding, branding. Everybody understands it, but only the few are really, really good at it. And Dana White is exceptional at it based on what happened and what he said on Saturday night. With Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. And you heard our producer, Evan Wilner. He mentioned Josh McDams, who's now the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. But there's a guy trying to replace him that is trying to do the best he can despite a lot of fears about that. We'll talk about that guy next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With Courtney Cronin, I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as your smart speaker, by the way, in 30 minutes. Has there been a thawing between Aaron Rodgers and his wide receivers in Green Bay? That comes your way in about 30 minutes. Always good to talk NFL with Mina Kimes. Does a great job as an ESPN NFL analyst. Can't wait to get her thoughts on so many different things going on. That includes what happened today with Baker Mayfield being named the official starting quarterback for week one for the Carolina Panthers. Mina, Baker Mayfield named the starter for Carolina equals what in your mind? Uh, well, it equals obviousness. I don't start off by saying. I think the second that they made this trade, we all kind of knew it was happening. Um, you know, because as much as Baker struggled last season, and obviously he was incredibly banged up, which I think is important to note, uh, Sam Darnold was worse. Uh, statistically, just about every measure, even interception rate, as, as much as that feels hard to believe, given how many interceptions Baker Mayfield seemed to throw. But, you know, but Baker has put together, I would say, stretches of more consistent plays than Darnold. So this felt like a no-brainer. And, you know, it makes for a more interesting offense. I, I was actually surprised when I went through the Panthers' depth chart before the preseason and kind of looked at the, some of the depth they added, especially on the inside of that offensive line. We know about D.J. Moore and Robbie Anderson, who hopefully has a bounce-back season, obviously Christian McCaffrey. The one concern I have, and we talked about this a little bit on live today, is watching them in the preseason – uh, Lakey Kwanu, their rookie left tackle, well, he looks like a rookie. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I think he's going to be a great player. Loved him as a prospect. But they got Miles Garrett week one. So, mm-hmm. as you know, as much of an improvement as Baker is, as much as like those skill players, if he can't stay upright, uh, they're not going to have much of a shot. It's funny because I thought Sam Darnold had a good spring. At least that's what Matt Rule was trying to tell us. Uh, But, yes, the obvious Mm. happened, and Baker Mayfield (laughs) is now the starter in Carolina. A team that was – 
sort of linked to Baker Mayfield, at least throughout the offseason, because they needed an upgrade at quarterback, was Seattle. So in your mind, do you think Sam Darnold would be an upgrade over any of the guys, Drew Locke, Geno Smith, et cetera, et cetera, in Seattle? No, I don't, honestly. I think um, Geno Smith you know, Gino Smith had a really rough game last week, but it was, a lot of it wasn't his fault. I mean, just a lot of penalties and, and absurd drops. Not absurd, but just a lot of drops on the part of the wide receivers. For the most part, I think he's, you know, can give them that sort of kind of point guard at quarterback um, approach that I imagine Pete Carroll wants, just someone to be – that caretaker uh, and complement that with a strong run game. I will say, I think Tyler Huntley, who's the Ravens backup quarterback would be an upgrade. I think he looks better than Sam Darnold to me, um, both in terms of his, uh, I would say accuracy. uh, And then that second reaction ability, the fact that he create with his legs. If I was Seattle, I would be considering making a call to Baltimore. (laughs) <laughs> Put it this way, they got enough quarterbacks, although anytime injuries happen, they've seen the effect of Baltimore Ravens the last couple of years, especially on the defensive side of the football, so they may hold on to him. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Freddie Coleman and Courtney Cronin, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. What has been your reaction to the lack of preseason action for Jacoby Brissett, who is going to be the starter for at least 11 games for Deshaun Watson in Cleveland? You know, this is one where it's kind of like you're trying to read the tea leaves. I would say generally when you don't see a player in the preseason, it means they're going to start. And it sounds like even with Deshaun Watson out for 11 games, everything coming out of Cleveland is that they are planning on rolling with Jacoby Brissett as their starter. And, you know, I would say don't feel that they want to put him at risk of injury, especially when behind him you got Josh Dobbs, who, by the way, actually looked pretty good uh, this weekend, and then Josh Rosen. However, I can't shake the feeling or at least the belief that Cleveland has to be in touch with San Francisco about Jim Garoppolo, um, who is, would undeniably be an upgrade for them at quarterback, fits perfectly with Kevin Stefanski's offense, which has a lot of similarities to what Kyle Shanahan does. I understand that they don't want to absorb his cast base or trade meaningful picks for him, but assuming you don't have to, uh, and maybe they're just be waiting for San Francisco to cut him because they need the cap space as well, it does seem like something that the Browns should consider. So we've got a preseason game tonight, week three, final, mercifully. The final week of the preseason is (laughs) upon us next week. And I just have to ask your opinion on this because I'm a little – irked by the fact that the team that I cover, the Chicago Bears, might not play their starters. At least they're not committed to doing Mm. it right now. Like, what is your take on teams that have young or new quarterbacks and new offenses trying to get all of that installed before week one? Like, is it... is it the right move to just be like, let's go into the pre, let's go into the regular season after 27 snaps for our first team offensive line, which hasn't even been put together yeah. at least in Chicago, um, and 27 snaps for a court for young quarterbacks? Like, do you feel like there's an argument to be made that there is a need to play a full quarter of your starters, especially for teams that are facing those circumstances in this final game? You know, it, it's a great question. Every team seems to have a different approach. I was surprised um, when Carolina started, when Matt Rule at Carolina just started P.J. Walker. Even though Baker Mayfield is not a young quarterback, you still feel like you want to see that offense a little bit and give it a chance to gel. I do know that teams now put a lot more stock into their joint practices as the opportunity to do that sort of installation. So uh, obviously that affects some of their decision-making. But, yeah, I, to me – 
it's it, you're always doing the calculus of injuries and safety versus the opportunity to play competitive football and every different coach, each coach uh, sort of does that calculus differently. Um, I will say I, I, this is not a similar situation because they have a veteran quarterback, but I do the work with the Rams um, for their preseason games. And Sean McVay is so conservative that when he announced this week, last week that John Wolford, who's the backup quarterback would actually play a half. I guess. I was so thrilled just to have the opportunity to see the Rams' backup quarterback. And so I think that's a mentality that seems to be um, pervading the league, which is not surprising because everything Sean Brigade seems to pervade the NFL. And especially when you want to keep people as healthy as possible, the last thing you want is try to increase that possibility by having preseason action. That seems to be the mindset. That's not going away from the NFL anytime soon. Mean a great stuff as always, my friend. You take care and enjoy it as the season we get closer and closer to it, okay? Bye, guys. Mina Khan's ESPN NFL analyst joining us here in Canty and Carlin with Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, as well as your smart speaker. And one injury in last night's preseason game is leaving plenty of us, including you, to question one NFL rule. That's next on Canty and Carlin. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is what happens when you only have 10 wins in the last 30 games when you are running away from your division in Major League Baseball. Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80, even though they won on Sunday. After Saturday's loss, Aaron Boone, Yankees manager, decided to not only give it to us with his words, but get physical with an inanimate object. No crap. I mean, you, we can ask all these questions in regards We've answered them until we're blue in the face. We've got to go out and do it. I've got to quit answering these questions about this state and this perplexion, and we've got to play better, period. We, and, the, and the great thing is it's right in front of us. Ouch. It's right here, and we can fix it. How's his hand? I don't know, but I'm worried about that table. That table didn't do anything to him. We've got to worry about that table. Tables have feelings, too. I mean... <laughs> I just worry that did he have his ring? Was it on his ring finger? Did he like break a blood vessel or two? Uh-huh. I I don't know if um if like anything correlates from how hard you hit the table to wins and losses because looking at the Yankees and the skid that they're on right now, they've been shut out eleven times this season. Five Oof. of those eleven came in the past seventeen games. So I don't know whether you need to actually like fracture the table and get some splinters everywhere, or <laughs> what more you need to do. Maybe you need to do it in the dugout instead of doing it during a press conference to get um, the attention of the players who you're trying to get and tell Garrett Cole to stop melting down in the mm-hmm. middle of games. Yeah, but, or trying um, to go up the opposing pitcher, thinking that a pitcher just going to let you do that, and not challenge you, because that pitcher in the Blue Jays said, "Don't let the Audi sign stop you." And even Garrett Coles, I was on one. Yeah, even he knew that's a line you can't cross because Manoa, uh, he'd be spoiling for that one if you think you're going to try to get at him. It's just like the Yankees, and I know some. there's some fans who say, calm down, it's August. They're 
four and 14 or five four, and 14? Four and 14 in, four the, and month 14 in, the, in the month of August. That's really bad, Freddie, for mm-hmm. a team that had 62 wins at the All-Star break. This is a sport of attrition. You expect slumps to happen, but not for a team that has all these expectations on them where we've heard 1998 thrown around yep. from the start of the season and the Mariners record and et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, they're going to come short of some of those things, but it's still a team that should have World Series hopes on the line, and you'd like to think that some of this messaging would get through. Well, put it this way. You can slam on any tables you want, and you can run around in circles, but if you're Aaron Boone, he said it best, we got to play better. That means everybody, and maybe he's got to manage better. This has to be a a whole unit together because everybody's going to get blamed, but he's going to get blamed the most. Having that kind of a big lead, and then you're going to let it get away, and then you don't do anything in the playoffs, the Steinbrenners are not going to fall for that if that continues with Aaron Boone and the Yankees. But as a Mets fan, I think it's fantastic. They're playing my team right now for two games. The Mets continue to beat them. All gravy, baby. All gravy. We're Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman in for the guys today on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as your smart speaker. It is time for us to get up and get, get, get down. Get up and get down is where we take something that somebody said on Get Up and we get down with it. For example, Marcus Spears on Get Up early today. Talking about the hit last night that led to an injury for Giants rookie Kayvon Thibodeau in that game versus Cincinnati. It's dirty. Listen, and, and, and I heard Sacho when he talked about it, and I get it. But but understand the understand what we're doing, man. First of all, like I know we talk about the league and the majority of the guys in the league, and it could be an honest, just Thaddeus Moss trying to go make a play as preseason, trying to make a team. But that also lends itself to it being dirty. It's preseason, bro. Like you can't you shooting at a guy's knee in preseason and and ends up like this. This is a real big reason why the cut block is being eliminated. Why it's so talked about as one of those huge things that the league wants to rid itself of. But I, I just, like, I cannot look at this play and think about all of the D linemen that I've seen end up with torn ACLs and torn meniscus and being being out for an extended period of time, and you get a cross block, and it ends up in your knee. So which is it, Marcus Spears? Is it a cross block or a cut block? Because they're not the same. If you're going to say that a cut block – and going after the guy's knees, I'm with you. And I get it. Courtney, he played defensive line in the National Football League. He's going to be super sensitive to anybody blocking below the waist. But the player did the legal block. He didn't lead complete with his helmet. He turned his shoulder to the side. And unfortunately, Thibodeau's knee was the one that bore the brunt of the block. So I understand where he's coming from. But to say it's a dirty play and a legal play, and now he's, he can be out there by himself without me on that one. It's not in a legal play by the rule book, like the cut block is okay. It's, you know, pick plays are okay. All of these things where somebody can get injured because of how you are going down, leading with your shoulder, not leading with your helmet, but like mm-hmm. leading the proper way, the proper technique. It just so happens that he ended up clipping his knee. And of course, the good thing in all of this is we want to yell about cut blocking at the end of week two of the preseason, which shows you we really need some games to happen, some real Amen ones. Um, not like Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be okay. This looked scary at first. I remember seeing all of the tweets come through like he's down, he looks like he's in pain, etc. And then he gets up, he waves the cart off, mm-hmm. and then walks off the field under his own power. And we know that the team announced he's going to be out three to four weeks with the sprained MCL. The ACL is intact, though, so that's good. So I, 
I think that if this was a worse outcome than what we're seeing it right now, everybody's up in arms about right. what Thaddeus Moss did. I think that people who understand the rules within football and understand that, you know, it's kind of up to Kayvon a little bit to drop his shoulder because it went below his shoulder, mm-hmm. and it's up to Kayvon to protect himself a little bit better. This is how tight ends are going to block you in the league. This is how it happens. And I know that people are just upset about it because it's a first-round pick yep. who, for a team that doesn't have a lot to be that excited about in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things because it doesn't know who their quarterback is beyond this year. They don't even know if they have a quarterback in Daniel Jones on the roster. Oh, they don't. So – Okay, there you go. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so you're speaking. No, exactly, Freddie. I mean, this is their only hope. This is the thing that they're excited about. Yeah, they got an offensive lineman and Evan Neal, but nobody's that excited about an offensive lineman True. for a team that always has offensive line issues. This is supposed to be your future. Mm-hmm. And having a rookie pass rusher, obviously, it's a it's a tough thing when you when you are on a bad team and. Um, expecting kind of what he's going to have to deal with. You just don't want him to start behind the eight ball, having to deal with an injury and rehabbing from the injury on top of that. I'm glad there's optimism. I'm glad that things are at least trending in the right direction. Hopefully he will get back in that three- to four-week timeline that Adam Schefter had reported. But it was not a dirty play when you were looking at it through the lens of what the rules are and how cut blocks are applied. If if you're that upset about it, and I know that Brian Dable talked about it today, you know, if you're that upset about it, Go to the owners' meetings. Go to the competition committee and ask and them the to, to change the rule. Right. That, that's but all these you are the do. rules for this. Right. And by the way, Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, and Canty and Carl on ESPN Radio, I wonder if the outcry would have been as strong if this was a regular season game. Because Marcus Spears said, you know, it's preseason. So basically you're telling the guy. To tell the guys to loaf a little right, bit. Right. Be like, protect the first-round pick. Right. Thaddeus Moss is trying to make a roster. Right. And Kayvon Thibodeau wasn't exactly loafing on that play because he was coming hard and Thaddeus Moss was doing his job. So if you want guys not to block below the waist, Marcus Spears, anybody out there that's up in arms about this, then I'll tell you what, tell Kayvon Thibodeau to just do thud. You know, I'm just going to go up. We'll put our hands together. We'll play patty cake. And no one gets hurt in the preseason. That's not what football is. Football is a violent sport played by violent people. And at times, your body is going to not respond the way you want it to when either you're blocked or you're trying to make a move or whatever that is. I wonder if the outcry would have been as strong if this happened in a regular season game because he did a legal play. It wasn't illegal. It wasn't a leg whip. It wasn't shooting a helmet right into a guy's knee. He did what he was supposed to do because Kayvon Thibodeau was doing what he was supposed to do. And unfortunately, his knee was the one that bore the brunt of a legal play, not an illegal block in that game last night. It just continues to bring up the argument from the people who find no value in the preseason because they're worried about injuries. Look, I understand for starters – it's tough when they. I mean, it's tough for anybody when they go down with injuries. But fans are more adept to being frustrated when this happens to guys that they expect to be playing week one and making an impact week one. I don't think they're crying out if this was, you know, the seventy eighth guy currently on the roster, and that's unfortunate because that guy has a, a living to try to earn too. That guy is would be doing the exact same sort of rehab and and potentially facing the same sort of consequences here of this injury, but. This doesn't mean you need to outlaw the preseason. Right. There are a lot of guys that are trying to make teams. If you want that rule, like if, if you don't feel that the preseason is necessary, you don't play your starters. Don't play the guys that need it. But obviously, Kevin Thibodeau's a rookie. He needs game speed at the NFL level, so he's got to play. This is a risk that comes with playing in the NFL, seeing game speed. Like yeah. It's a violent sport for a reason, Freddie. Yeah. Sorry that a violent legal play happened. Yeah, here's something else. I think the people up in arms about this, but they're not as up in arms when we have these organized practices involving teams teams where the injury risk can be there because you're in a competitive environment 
that seems to slide by people because we know that cut blocks and, and those kind of blocks aren't happening. But injuries can be as prevalent when you have a competition factors involving these organized practices involving NFL teams because they don't get that NFL preseason action. And Rodgers named that too last week involving his wide receivers. Is it a different tune this week involving said wide receivers? That's next on Canty and Carlin.